Hey everyone, this is my review of Book of Boba Fett Episode 6. Overall, this was an amazing episode chock full of fan service and payoffs that I've honestly waited years and years to see. There's things in this episode that I've seen people talking about and people wishing to see for years since Clone Wars debuted. And the fact that we're finally seeing it on screen uh, is just mind-blowing. I love this episode so much on so many different levels. It really felt like a love letter to the fans. It felt like the ultimate payoff to the fans who have been in Star Wars for the long run, who've watched all of Clone Wars, watched all of Rebels. This was like all the eras of Star Wars coming together, the sequels, the prequels, the originals, the Clone Wars, Rebels, and it was just amazing. I love this episode on so many different levels. I cannot wait to dive into it. Um, really, all I have to say is thank you, Dave Filoni. This was amazing. This was an episode for hardcore Star Wars fans, and I just ate it up. I loved it. Uh, starting with the performances and the characters, we've got to start with the big one. We've got to start with Luke Skywalker. I did not expect to see him so soon after the Mandalorian season two finale. I loved him in this episode so much. We're going to talk more about the CGI on his face later. But uh, I also need to credit Graham Hamilton as the physical actor on set. He did a great job with the physicality of Luke Skywalker. And then the voice they're using is pretty cool. I don't know what digital wizardry they're using to make it sound like Mark Hamill, but it's working. It's a little monotone. It's a little robot sounding. But for the most part, it really does sound like Luke's voice. And it's only going to improve from here. And I don't know how they're doing it, but it's pretty amazing. Moving on to the character himself, my favorite part of seeing Luke was seeing his struggles training Grogu. I love how he talks about how he doesn't feel like he's actually teaching Grogu anything, but instead just helping Grogu remember his past. I love how he feels like Grogu isn't really into the training. He's too attached to Mando. His heart isn't in it. I think that's represented in those really beautiful shots where you see the reflection of the Jedi lightsabers in Grogu's eyes during the Order 66 sequence. And then you see those same reflections in almost that same shot when, uh, when Grogu's watching Luke training, calling back to that trauma he dealt with. And I just think that tells me, at least, that uh, seeing the lightsaber again stresses Grogu out, and it's not a positive thing. And that's why um, he's not going to end up training with Luke. He's going to end up back with Mando. He's so attached to Mando, and I don't think he's going to end up being a Jedi. Um, but that struggle with Luke trying to train someone is awesome because he never really got normal, full, complete Jedi training himself. Um, so we see the faults in Luke's training, and we see eventually where that leads, and we get some nice foreshadowing of the flaws with his teachings, and then some nice foreshadowing to The Last Jedi. And talking about that, I love The Last Jedi parallels, and this is what good Star Wars does. It makes other Star Wars better. This singular episode, this one episode, gets me so much more on board with Luke's story in the sequels. This foreshadows, this sets up that Luke's training isn't perfect, and really does set up what happens in those flashbacks in The Last Jedi. Um, and then seeing Luke building the Jedi Temple that eventually gets burned down is awesome. The similarity and the framings of the shots was, uh, was not lost on me. That was awesome. Those parallels were great. There was the obvious return of the Jedi parallels with Luke training Grogu, just like Yoda trained him. It was just really awesome. And that foreshadowing to The Last Jedi makes The Last Jedi better for me and makes Luke's story in The Last Jedi better for me. So I love that. Moving on to Corey Burton as Cad Bane. I mean, seeing Cad Bane was something um, that I wasn't really expecting. I did a kind of prediction episode last week where I said, if any Clone Wars bounty hunter was going to show up, it was going to be Cad Bane. But I still didn't necessarily think it was likely he showed up. But seeing him was awesome. Um, we'll talk about how he looked visually later. We'll talk about the costume design later. But I just love seeing him on screen. 
I loved how scary he was, how menacing he was. He felt like a threat and someone not to be messed with. One problem with this show so far has been that there hasn't really been a villain or a large threat. I mean, the Pikes have been there and they've been our large threat, but the show hasn't really built them up enough to feel like a huge threat. You didn't feel that, or I didn't feel that sense of danger or impending doom from the Pikes because the show hadn't really shown me why the Pikes needed to be dealt with immediately. It was kind of, it felt like the show was maybe leaning on hardcore fans who know the Pikes and who are familiar with the Pikes to feel like, okay, we know the Pikes are dangerous from Clone Wars, so we know why they're a threat in this show. But if you haven't watched Clone Wars and you've never met the Pikes before, then you're just wondering uh, why they're so dangerous, why they're a big deal, because they haven't shown that on screen. And this episode really does fix a lot of that because it really does start to show um, the Pikes are dangerous. They do kill people. It gives us one villain, a unique villain, instead of a faceless army of Pikes that all look exactly the same. Um, that one villain in Cad Bane who looks awesome. And uh, I just thought it was fantastic. There was a lot of telling instead of showing how dangerous the Pikes were in the last few episodes of the show. And this episode finally switches to showing instead of telling, which I really liked. Um, just talking about the performance, I couldn't be more glad they got Corey Burton to do Cad's voice. Uh, Honestly, when you think about it, there was nobody else who was ever going to do it. But if they had gone with someone else, I would have been so upset because nobody else can do that iconic voice. And he just nails it every single time. And this episode, he spoke a lot slower than he does in Clone Wars and in a much more menacing way, which I loved. Cad, even just based on his design, he could be goofy. He could be ridiculous really easily, but he just comes across as threatening and scary and a formidable villain thanks to the amazing performance by Corey Burton, thanks to the costume design, the way he was shown, um, thanks to the direction of Dave Filoni. And I just think he was fantastic. He was terrifying. He was actually genuinely scary, more scary than he ever was in Clone Wars for me. And I just cannot wait to see more of him next episode. Um, moving on from Cad Bane to Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vanth. I love seeing Cobb Vanth back. It was nice to see how he's doing as the leader of Mos Pelgo. I loved all the scenes with him. I like how he's now going to support Boba Fett in his war against the Pikes. I absolutely love the Western shootout with Cad Bane. He's definitely not dead. Uh, he was shot in the shoulder for a reason. I don't think Cobb is dead. I like the little detail that I don't know if anybody noticed. He's wearing a little New Republic patch on his belt. He's uh, officially a New Republic Marshal now. So that means if Lucasfilm is going to do, if they're going to move forward with Rangers of the New Republic, I could totally see him being a major character in that. And that's something that would get me back on board with the show. Um, I'd love to see more of him. Um, also, it was just pretty awesome how I completely predicted how both he and Cad Bane could be in this episode. I talked about in my predictions episode, I said one of the most likely candidates to appear and someone I think is um, pretty likely to appear is Cobb Vanth. And from the very first scene of this episode, it was pretty nice to be right. Um, it's always fun to see theories pay off. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, talking about Timothy Oliphant, when he first appeared in Mandalorian season two, episode one, I liked him in the role. I loved that we were getting this character, but I wasn't actually very impressed by his actual acting chops. I felt like a lot of his line delivery was a little bit off to me and I wasn't fully buying him. Uh, I will say that he's totally grown on me in this episode. I still think there's a few weird line deliveries here and there, but a lot less. Um, he was still probably the weakest performance of the episode for me, but I really do love him in the role now. And now he's kind of, this episode kind of solidified him as the perfect candidate for this role now, and I want to see more of him. It's the same as Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman for me, where I don't necessarily think they're a great actor, especially in the traditional sense, but they're perfect for the role they're in, and I want to see more of them in that role because I love that character.
Um, so I love Cobb Vanth in this episode and I'd like to see more of him. And I'm excited to see more of him next episode. Um, moving on to Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. I mean, I had, I did not expect, um, I would have bet a lot of money on, no, there's no way Ahsoka shows up in this show, but, uh, seeing her was awesome. It was a huge surprise. She got so many memorable lines. Seeing her interact with Luke was a, honestly a dream come true. I loved her mentioning how she's a friend of the family, an old friend of the family, um, how Luke is so much like his father. All those references to Anakin were amazing. Um, I liked her saying goodbye to Luke near the end of the episode, setting up her journey for her own spinoff show coming up. Um, one cool thing about Rosario Dawson's performance is that physically she made a lot of the same gestures and stood in a lot of the same poses as Ahsoka did in Clone Wars. She did the same hand on the hips, the same R2-D2 pet, the same crossed arms, and a few more. And that was really fantastic and really helps to link the animated and live action Ahsokas and really make them feel more like one unified character. Um, Rosario Dawson nailed it in this episode, and I'm confident in saying that all those little details, all those little subtleties, the little gestures um, to match animated Ahsoka, um, maybe those came from Rosario, but I think most of them came from Dave Filoni's direction. He knows this character inside and out, and I bet he made sure to see that familiar body language in on purpose. And I think that's why he's the perfect person to be in charge of the Ahsoka show, because he knows how to handle that character. Moving on to Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin. He was great in this episode, as always. I don't really have much to add that I haven't said already, but I really love the story beat of how he didn't get to see Grogu. That was heartbreaking, and it'll make it even more satisfying when they inevitably reunite most likely in Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shan was great. She had a little bit of a monologue, which I thought she, she did well with. Uh, Tamara Morrison as Boa Fett was good in the tiny little cameo he had in his own show. He didn't even get a line in this episode, which we'll definitely talk about, because it is kind of a confusing decision, and I think I kind of have to train my brain to look at this more as the first four episodes were Book of Boa Fett, and then the rest of it is kind of Mandalorian Season 2.5. Um, it is kind of weird it's not really a Boba Fett show in these episodes it's it's something to think about uh moving on to the direction Dave Filoni nailed this episode he brought so many great scenes to life with such emotion with such power behind them I'm continually impressed with his skills behind the camera the cinematography of this episode was great it was really beautiful looking talking about the production design we've already talked about in previous reviews how great Garseth Webb's sanctuary is and how great Jabba's palace looks but I wanted to talk about the planet Luke was on because it was beautiful looking. The landscapes, the mountains, the forests were just amazing. And my favorite moment was definitely when Luke and Grogu climb to the top of the bamboo and they look out at the beautiful view as the force theme plays. And that was just beautiful and emotional and just a perfect moment. Um, and I love that. This is definitely, I think, the more uh, traditionally beautiful episode of the show. Moving on to the costume design. We've got a lot to talk about here. Uh, first of all, this I don't know if this counts as costume design, but more puppeteering. But I have to mention Baby Yoda because I haven't actually talked about him on this channel. Uh, he just looks amazing. The way he moves around, the way he jumps, the way he reaches out, his facial expressions just look so realistic. The verisimilitude created by that tiny little puppet is amazing. And you totally buy him as a real character. And uh, the puppeteering is just fantastic. Moving on to Ahsoka. Uh, I loved her costume design. I love the design of her in Mandalorian season two. In Mandalorian season two, her mantras or head tail things had these little wrinkles in them that made them look a little bit fake. They didn't look the best and they kind of broke the immersion a little bit. And they totally fixed that for this episode, which I liked. 
those wrinkles were gone and it looked a lot better. They also made her mantras a bit bigger, which I liked. I love seeing how the appearances of these characters, like Luke and Ahsoka, are just getting better and better over time. And I'm sure by the time we get to the Ahsoka show, they'll have perfected her look and she'll look even better and even more realistic. And I think she just looked great this episode. Finally, let's talk about the big one, the one there's been a lot of discussion on, and that's Cad Bane's look. Um, I've seen those YouTube videos. I know most people have seen those YouTube videos that make Cad Bane in this episode look more Clone Wars accurate. And I can see why people really do prefer that version. And for me, I think it just really depends on what you want out of the design. If you want out of the design, if you're focused on accuracy and you want him to be as Clone Wars accurate as possible, then yeah, of course you'd rather have him be the darker blue with the thinner face and with the lower mouth. And I understand and respect that. But for me, I don't care about that. Um, I don't care that much about him looking exactly like he did in Clone Wars. Clone Wars has always been stylized. Things always look much different from Clone Wars to live action. The perfect example of that being the Pikes, who look even less similar from animation to live action than Cad Bane does. Even human characters like Dooku, look at the proportions of Dooku's face in, uh, in Clone Wars. It's all stretched out and weird, but in live action, of course, it's the normal face. So really, the accuracy is not as important. For me, what's important is not being the most accurate as possible and making it look exactly like they did in Clone Wars. For me, what's important is capturing the essence of the character and looking similar enough that they're recognizable. If they can do that, if they can strike that balance, then I'm happy. And they totally did that with Cad Bane. I honestly think his design in this episode is an improvement. His voice and his costume completely captured the essence of that character, and you immediately knew it was Cad Bane. But then also the changes in his design, in his face, made him look better and more scary and more threatening. In the more Clone Wars version, in the accurate, more Clone Wars accurate videos, just watching them, he, yeah, he looks more Clone Wars accurate. He looks more like the Cad Bane we know. But he also just looks really goofy. He looks less realistic, more cartoony, uh, of course, because he comes from a cartoon. Um, even just watching that, it just doesn't look as good with his mouth lower. He looks way more goofy and less threatening. Um, I much prefer the grounded version we got in the show because it's genuinely scary. The perpetual snarl, the literal fangs, the scowling mouth, the eyes. His eyes are terrifying looking in this show. Um, he looks so much more menacing and he felt so much more menacing in Boba Fett than he ever was in Clone Wars for me. And I love that. I love the Clone Wars design, but just seeing it in those videos in live action, sure, it looks accurate, but it just looks more goofy. It looks less scary. And uh, I'm not, I don't care about accuracy. I'd rather have him be more scary and less accurate than, than more goofy and more accurate. Um, so I love the, what they went with. I love the design they went with, and I cannot wait to see more of it in action in the next episode. Um, so that's Cad Bane. That's the costume design. Moving on to the visual effects and the CGI. Everything in this episode looked amazing, especially things like the spider droids building the Jedi Temple. The main thing we got to talk about, though, of course, is Luke's face. In the Mandalorian Season 2 finale, the CGI was good enough for what it needed to be good enough for, which was that first instant pop reaction of, oh my god, that's Luke Skywalker. But then once he opened his mouth, once you started studying the face more, you noticed yeah, he doesn't look that great. It was good enough to be instantly recognized. And then once you actually looked at it, it was like, okay, it's not that great. But this episode was a massive improvement and completely blew me away. Luke looked mind-blowingly amazing. Was it perfect? No. Was there moments where he seemed stiff or a little blank, a little unexpressive? Yeah. But it was miles better than anything I've seen before. And some of the best digital de-aging that I've ever seen in anything. 
it looked amazing. There's so many moments where you just pause and it just is Luke Skywalker sitting right there. And I think that's the difference between what they've been doing previously, what Hollywood's been using, which is the more CGI digital reconstructing faces and de-aging and the new stuff, the new age of deep fake technology, which blows my mind, just studying Luke's face. And there are so many moments where it just looks so real and it looked amazing. It's only going to improve from here. Every time we see him, he'll look a little bit better. Um, we've talked about some of the spotty CGI earlier in the season, especially in episode three. And now we know why that is. And we know that most of the CGI budget went to this episode and it really paid off. Uh, I was worried when I, we figured out that we're going to see him. I was like, is it going to be a whole episode with the Mandalorian season two CGI? Because that's not going to be good. But this was so much better than that. And uh, he looked fantastic. Moving on, we've mentioned the technical aspects enough. Let's talk about the story because there were so many standout moments. First of all, everything with Luke training Grogu was awesome. The training droid, the jumping, climbing the bamboo, meditating, lifting the frogs was beautiful. The music gave this episode like a really stunning, kind of just a beautiful, serene, um, serene tone, which I really liked. Uh, I loved all that. Seeing the Jedi temple being built was awesome. Mando not being able to see Grogu was heartbreaking and very emotional. I love that choice that um, that choice that Luke gives Grogu of Mandalorian versus Jedi. And I bet Grogu will pick Mandalorian and I can't wait to see what happens there. Um, seeing that Order 66 flashback was amazing. It looked very video gamey, but it just looks really good. I can't wait to learn more about Grogu's past, how he was saved from Order 66 and the Jedi Temple. That scene looked really great visually and uh, just was scary seeing the danger that Grogu was in. Um, my favorite part of the episode, though, was every interaction between Ahsoka and Luke. Since I was much younger watching Clone Wars, I've wanted to see Ahsoka and Luke interact. Um, the fact that it actually happened, I never thought it would, but the fact that it really did happen made me really emotional because it's something I had seen the fan art, I'd seen all the theories, I'd seen the people wanting to see this happen, and the fact that it happened blew me away. And uh, I'm always going to be thankful to Dave Filoni for that because he gave me exactly what I wanted for years and it was amazing. And I, I just, he left me so satisfied seeing Ahsoka and Luke's interaction, seeing them mention Anakin. Um, I, I loved it. Um, and then we've talked a lot about Cad Bane. I loved seeing him come in. The whole Western shootout was very tense. I loved it. I loved seeing the pikes blow up the sanctuary. That was tense, the Godfather references. And then that scene also really helped build the pikes up as villains which is something I think the season desperately needed. Um, they feel like a little bit more of a threat now. Uh, what else? Oh, I love Boba and Fennec's cameo in their own show, setting up the finale. Um, I love the entire story of this episode and just everything that happened. I It was so full of fan service. It was so full of memorable moments. Some of the best Star Wars I think we've seen in a long time. And uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So many payoffs. It tied everything together. This really felt like the thank you to Star Wars fans who have been tracking all the content for years, and, uh, and I loved it. So those are all the things I have for good. Moving on to my criticisms, because I do have a few. First of all, there's a minor plot hole. I don't really count it as much against this episode. It's just a little storytelling thing of how did Mando find Luke? It was never explained and probably never will be, but I'd like to get some sort of explanation in the future, and although I doubt we ever will. Um, the other thing that's been discussed like crazy on the internet that I've mentioned is that this is the second episode of the show in a row without much or any Boba Fett. I love these episodes, but it just has me really confused with the choice here. It's kind of absurd, and I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Um, I don't know why they didn't have Boba Fett in this episode much. 
And I think I just have to retrain my mind to think of this more as Mandalorian season 2.5, or maybe the first four episodes were the Boba Fett episodes, and then the rest is Mandalorian season 2.5, because it is very weird. So those are two kind of, I guess, minor criticisms of this episode. I don't know if they're really pure criticisms, but uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that I am really, really worried about the Book of Boba Fett finale. I'm downright terrified about the finale. I just have a really bad feeling about it. I can't see how it's going to deliver. I just don't think there's a way it can deliver on everything it has to. So I recorded a short little episode, a separate little episode on that, which I'll be posting tomorrow. If you want to hear why I'm worried about the finale, I'll go much more in depth about that. But, um, But for now, this is my review of this episode. I absolutely loved it. It gave me everything I wanted. The episode ended and I was completely satisfied while also that cliffhanger. I want the next one badly, of course. And uh, I loved it. What do you think? Did you like this episode as much as me? What do you think of Cad Bane's design? That's been kind of not controversial because everyone loved it, but also like some people wish it was a little more Clone Wars accurate. What do you think of that? Please let me know in the comments, in the email, in the voicemail, or in the form and all of the links to do all those things are in the description. And thank you so much for listening and have a good day.